How's it going, folks? Welcome back to another episode of Mentor Moments. My name is Brayton Wooters, one of your co-hosts alongside Dr. Michael Keener. On Mentor Moments, we take the time to interview counseling professionals and personal mentors. As you know, this season we've been chatting a lot about leadership, technology, career development, and counseling as a profession. We hope you enjoy this episode of Mentor Moments and keep tuning in. Shifting gears a little bit. I want to talk about AI. I, uh, right. I have, yeah, I have, let's, let's do it. Um, AI, what we're allowed to do, what we're not allowed to do. If there's rules to this, I don't know. As a clinician, it's hard. I uh, some you know I won't go too much into detail here on this episode, but like just some just some thoughts have been kind of coming up in my brain about. For one, you know what what where does AI and like ChatGPT fit into like a clinician's toolbox? Is there a place for it in our toolbox? Or should we just like steer clear of it, but you know, just 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 stay away from it for right now until we have a better idea, I guess. It's kind of a loaded question, but what yeah. are, what are well, your Well, I guess my it's interesting, I think over the last year, um, I've been asked to do three ethics sessions for different organizations on sort of chat GPT or, or AI and ethics, right? And you know, it's interesting, almost every single week there's a news story, right? And so to answer your question, I would say we should be cautiously optimistic. I, it's, it's here. Um, I did a quick, ironically enough, well, what's the short version of AI? And they talking about like Plato, uh, a philosopher of Plato was talking about sort of the possibility of artificial intelligence. So like it's sort of been with us since, I don't say the beginning of time. Yeah. Um, but then they, they even talked about um, maybe 1900s when we had these sort of um, um, robots that were sort of self, you know, a toy type role of robots, mm-hmm. you know, that could do it. Then sort of maybe in the 1950s to 60s to the 80s was really the start of computers being able to, like gaming computers, chess being a chess master, you know, a chess computer being a chess master. Um, so again, it's, it's out of the box, it's here. How do we sort of use it? Again, maybe that's why we have ethically or yeah. optimistic or cautiously optimistic. So I, that's a long answer to that question. Yeah, I've heard some somebody like refer to it as like basically just like a calculator, right? Like you you punching in the numbers in a calculator does not make the math less of math or like you're still doing work per se. What's, yeah, what's well, one of the benefits, right? It's supposed to free up time for us in some, you know, that would be like when I hear from a workforce development mm-hmm. is AI should we should be able to automate tasks that gives us more time to focus on, I know, more important things, or like maybe from a counseling perspective, working with our clients. That being said, there's also sort of AI chatbots that have been shown effective to sort of a placebo that, you know, students or whoever te- texting in a response getting something back. So again, again. It's, there's a, a there's somebody else monitoring that in case things go awry. But like, you know, where again that's ethical. What, where where would we and maybe that's what you're getting at. Where would we still use AI in the counseling profession, and where does it become a gray area where maybe yes, maybe no, and then definitely no. Right. That's what we're. That's a great look you have on your. Well, because well. <laughs> 
whenever we talk about this, it's so hard because you, you said ca cautiously optimistic, and in my brain, I'm just cautious right now. <laughs> like, I, it's hard for me to find, like, a, oh, yeah, I'm feeling good about this because in my brain, I'm like, I so desperately, and, and part of that is, is a me thing where I love my black and white, and, yeah. and, and I don't like things to be gray sometimes. And I love to know what I can and what I can't do, and I haven't, I don't know. I haven't well, like, I think I'm trying to use it now how can it make me more efficient as a professional? And so one of the things that I have downloaded on my computer, and it's not all that new anymore, but it's called Otter AI. I am not endorsing it. Mm -hmm. I am not a this paid not sponsor. It's a paid promotion. It's it's a, it's a, a, a application that sort of plugs into Zoom or another video conferencing that records what is said and then makes meeting minutes. Oh yeah. And you can then do action items mm -hmm. and there's a, a summary and, and whatnot. And I know we sort of talked about this earlier. I found that because I am trying to find an AI mind mapping application where I can just spout all my ideas and the AI from whatever, the large language models makes connections to, okay, research or these other concepts to put, okay, yeah, these, these are similar, this is a little farther away to help me organize my thought. Um, so again, to me, when you said calculator, that like, okay, it's making our life better. I want some kind of device that I can talk into it that it could organize my thoughts. And Otter AI in some ways, I, I played with it without a meeting where I kind of talked mm -hmm. about this thing and it gave me a very basic definition, so I wasn't happy. Then... I took that summary and put it in the chat GPT and I said, well, expand on this, show me some connections. And so then it sort of, instead <clears> of <throat> making a giant summary, it sort of, it, Got it. it analyzed it, it cut it into pieces. <clears throat> okay, here, you're talking about this, this, and this. and this. So <clears throat> I'm, still, I'm still working on that. <clears throat> Just don't put client information. Right, well. Right. Right, well, so. I mean, we talked about this earlier, too, that, you know, codes of ethics aren't even the, you know, 2022 codes of ethics really doesn't have a specific, most maybe not have a specific standard on chat GPT or other generative. So we need to look for those underlying principles. So again, when any, using any kind of technology, we need to make sure confidentiality, right? We, we don't, um, there's always a risk of, of breaking confidentiality or somebody hacking into the system so when we put data into ChatGPT, we don't own that anymore. So, yes. Which I think is something that, like, it sounds like a duh thing when we're saying it out loud, and I forget that all the time. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm typing in this question, and that's going, who knows where. Uh, I signed something. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's why it's free. The, I clicked the box somewhere. Yes. I know I did. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm thinking, like technology and this was something that you and I had talked about very briefly um, after our previous episode where we were still talking about technology and we were talking um, about just how culture has changed um, our, our ideas around like assistive technology has really kind of opened up and I remember feeling a little angry <laughs> I don't I, and I think it was coming from like a, a maybe a, a quote-unquote good place um, but I was coming to this conclusion, and tell me if I'm like way off here, that like our culture around assistive technology and for 
for, for the use of, of helping with those with disability is very much um, changed or uh, affected by those that are mostly able-bodied. Am I going, what are we, do you want me to keep going? Yeah, keep going. Okay. I, I, I have a thought, but keep okay. going. Okay, example being like things like Uber and Lyft, right? Yes, that, like yeah. one, you know, being that for those that can't drive, yeah, awesome. It's it's way more accessible, super, like, like we, there's an app for it. It works fairly well. And I, I, I have this belief, and I could be way off, the, the, that the, the, its increase in productivity, its increase in, in growth was by people that could drive, by, by people that maybe were, had the ability to, maybe not in that moment, but had the ability to drive. And it, there were other examples that were, were brought up. I think, I don't know, you might have to help me. Well, I think, again, like people in power have the access and opportunity to. So, like, when we think of alternative transportation systems for people with disabilities, it's sort of stigmatized. And there always seems to not have enough drivers or enough vehicles and somebody's there's always horror stories of the person waiting outside for two hours in a snowstorm mm -hmm. and then nobody's coming and they have to be out you know like like you have to give them such a window to say uh, i need to be there by three o'clock okay you need to be ready by noon and we maybe will pick you up by 2 30. right right yeah and so there is there like the although in general, technology gives access, but does access mean the same thing for everybody? And then, and maybe what I, I was also thinking when you were talking about Uber or Lyft or those other, like how many of those? I know I think it is getting better. I don't want to overgeneralize or get sued by Uber or <laughs> Lyft, but like, is there um, how many vehicles are accessible to get somebody to use a wheelchair, right? And again, obviously there's different levels of can somebody transfer out of their chair or they need to stay in their chair and, and whatnot, but just that accessibility. Um, and I wonder how many people with disabilities are Uber drivers? Like, I'm thinking, you know, like the gig economy, I have an accessible van, I can uh, drive, hmm. can I drive other people? Like, is, is there... And is there a market for that? Like, yeah. like what a niche, like, yeah. niche. Well, I also think, too, like, again, we say um, technology increases accessibility, but only if you can afford to have the technology, right? And if, if we think that people with disabilities sort of are unemployed, you know, X number of times greater than the normal, pop, you know, non-disabled population, you know, do, can they afford it? Do they also have maybe internet access and or high speed internet access and so they're still yeah it 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 allows more access as long as you can afford the access or if you live in a rural area maybe they can afford it but the companies haven't brought the mm -hmm. high speed cable and all that to to other areas. I'm trying to remember the story that you you shared the the first time you saw an iPad in class. Oh yeah, well it was one of our former students who had a spinal cord injury, and so to me that was a positive, like mm -hmm. uh, because of the ease of um, the touch screen, you didn't need really really fine dexterity, right? You mm -hmm. you could you could use it. It was a, you know obviously a little bigger than a. Did iPad come out before the iPhone? iPhone was first, right? Uh, yeah. So you know you know if there was some non-fine, you know, it could still be mm -hmm. used. I mean, again, I think I also learned a lot from, again, going back to what we were saying in a, in a previous episode. I'm, I'm a little older than you, 
So learning about all this technology from the younger generation, from another positive perspective, you, know, the <clears throat> you are teaching an old dog new tricks. Well, I, I, I was somebody that didn't have a cell phone basically until the iPhone. Are you for real? Yeah, I did have a, a flip phone, but I never, like, I, I, when growing up, I couldn't afford one, and then I just didn't, just need, didn't need, need one. one. Fr so a friend always had one. Do you then, still have a landline? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got scared so, a little bit. Now, that, now that's a whole other story we can go into it because you know the cable companies make you bundle everything. So I, we might actually be paying for it because it's cheaper to pay for it than to oh, not pay for it. But we do not have a a, a number you can call anymore. Oof. You know. Oh my gosh, like a rotary phone. I, you're like I know. But you know, again, like I'm, I'm. We didn't cut the cable, but we're we're getting closer to. Just doing everything via streaming. Yeah, you don't. House. You still have cable. Well, we use YouTube TV, so we don't have oh, cable yeah. that way. But I have to pay cable to get me the internet, which we oh, I think we're right more information than you need to know. But sure. Maybe trying to get a <laughs> you know get another internet provider than cable. Where were we? I'm trying to backtrack. Okay, we were talking YouTube. about uh, accessibility. Oh, accessibility. Going down that same rabbit hole of technology, um, I did a training a while. It was like more than a year ago on digital play therapy. I got an Xbox in my in my in my uh, well a Wii. I've got a Wii and an old Xbox 360 in my uh, room, and that you still play every night. Uh, right, I actually brought it here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I uh, if I had a dollar for every time I had a kid come into my room uh, or like into my office. And want to play Roblox? Do you know what Roblox is? I do know. Uh, we'll talk about it later. Right. We'll have an episode. Yeah, about it. yeah, there you go. We'll, yeah, we'll have an episode about Roblox. But like, I've had you know clients that will ask and want to play video games in my and on my on my laptop, and I'm like, no. And it's actually been really, really helpful knowing how to do those things and how, how being able to use digital like devices for therapy. I want to know what you're, you know, like we talk about digital natives versus digital immigrants. So a digital native is sort of people now who are born that they don't, oh, they yeah. only know technology. Oh. They don't know life before technology. So you're probably a digital oh, native, right? Without a doubt. Or I'm a digital um, immigrant where I sort of came into this world. Gotcha. But there's going to be a point where, again, you're going to be in this we're, we're, chair and you're like, I'm using a smartphone wow. and, you know, yeah, it's I going to be in your glasses not. or in that. No, I, not hope not. It will. <laughs> And I want to be there to uh, see that. I think by then I'll be like a digital nomad. Nomad, yeah. Just like like cut off everything. Yes, you're going to be just uh, like be on, off the grid. Do you watch YouTube? You watch YouTube videos? I do. I do. Okay, I didn't know if that was those, too Yeah, cool. I've got those. There are videos of like solo campers like just going out into like anywhere. Canada, anywhere, and like camping by themselves in like minus 30 degree weather like so going off to, maybe when you said go no man made me think of going off grid yeah i mean i think i think about uh, oh man i was on something right right uh, um oh uh, addiction uh we're getting way off track no well i'm for those of you that are listening i am pointing at you it's something else i learned from a fellow student okay. and when i used to teach research methods you had to do an intervention this student um, now I'm blanking. It was pre-pandemic. Was studying, you know, uh, like 
internet addictions and gaming addictions and and things that like is that a thing you know so I, I, you know and I'm not a, an addiction specialist so I'm I'm not you know, it's a little out of my wheelhouse and like these kids like they're addicted to it like the technology is getting real real well yeah I mean I guess I am you know do you think you're addicted well. Just scrolling on, you know, like, and I know there's some, there's the negative, the doom scrolling, but like there are times where I'm like, where you young kids talking about spending hours on TikTok just watching those little videos. So, the, like, there, I think that there's a difference between that, like, like I feel like that's quote unquote normal. No, as normal addiction? Uh, we're getting into some, into some touchy territory, <laughs> right? Where's the definition? Uh huh. And I mean, like, I've got, uh, like, it's difficult for some of my clients that, that like, legit are like different people with and without their iPad. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not that, you know, again, obviously I always want to know where my phone is for lots of things, but I'm not. Yeah. <coughs> I think that might be the end where, 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 where the end of my thoughts are. Anything else on like... Well, I, I wonder, again, this episode has been more us teasing each other and giggling <laughs> and laughing, which is fine, but I guess if there's a, a mentor moment when we take back how should we use it, and, and I know I alluded to this already is my take home when I've been doing the trainings do we have enough training that we can say that we're competent or effective using the new technology or intervention regardless right it's technology or doing a new EMDR or place therapy whatever that is and again that's ambiguous in the code of ethics right like they say we need consultation training education but is that one session five sessions a whole new degree in. Mm -hmm. We need to look for sort of this underlining ethical principle. So again, are we sure? Are we benefiting and not harming, especially with technology? Are we, is there a, a risk to communicate, you know, uh, confidentiality? And so to me, those are the, are we effective in it? Is it helping? And what are the inherent risks? And then we can decide to use something or, or not. Yeah. And sometimes I always, often, I know I'm getting back off the mentor moments, but like when I first joined Facebook, I never thought about, okay, now if I don't want to use it, how do I take down my profile or those pictures or everything? I know there's more conversation about that now, like the, the permanency of social media. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I, and, and this might, I don't know, I feel like where I'm coming from is, like, scaring people. I don't want to, like, scare You're going to be, the, I'm, I'm yeah, everybody right, knows I am the three quarters full. Right. And today you, because you're, I mean, you're normally you're pretty optimistic, too. So, yeah. but today you're the. Today I'll take the you're, role you're, of glass half, half empty, empty. And you got a hole in it. And there's, yeah, and, and it's draining water yes. quickly. Uh, I have had, like, at least twice now on occasion a client, like, whether it be a high schooler telling me, hey, I Googled you. So just be aware that like, I mean, it's not even young people. It's not, it, I mean, it could be anyone. They could Google you. Did you know that like, first of all, if you, if you look, if you like look at someone's profile on LinkedIn, it tells them. Well, that's the premium. Like I don't have the premium. It just tell. well, for me, maybe you need to show me how. It just says somebody has, but then I have to buy the premium if I want to figure out who it did.
Give yourself a Google search. Right. You look at what's up. You know, anyways. look what's up there because right. you might find a really embarrassing photo of you from middle school, right. um, where your hair is like super buzzed and you had just won the honor roll, which I mean is great, but you look a little dorky, and uh, your 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 high school client might make fun of you. So keep that in mind. That's like a food for thought. <laughs> wow. I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. Yeah. We were just trying something different. Uh, um, and you know what? I've I, I put the idea out there. I'm curious if any of you that are listening has a question. We might do a Q&A. I don't know. I've been, I've been we, we, need, we want to do a we, Q&A. I we, would love to do a Q&A. We, and you know, ask keep, us questions. All right. Well, thanks for listening, as always. Uh, we're, we're excited to continue on with yes. season three. Keep listening. Keep listening. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Mentor Moments. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere that you're listening to this podcast. Be sure to follow us at Mentor Moments on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And we will see you on the next episode of Mentor Moments. Are you ready for a career that makes a difference in your community? Consider becoming a counselor with Missouri Vocational Rehabilitation. Vocational Rehabilitation Counselor helps people who have disabilities find a career path that helps to use their strengths. When people have the supports that they need, it makes anything possible. I am proud that I'm able to help people change their life and reach for their dream goals. Discover the change you can make. Visit mvr.mo.gov to get started.